0: This is a show for grown-ups.
1: And they say bad words.
0: And they say bad words.
1: Say final warning.
0: Final warning. (laughs)
1: Blunders. I am your host, Nate magnuski With me, as always, is my co host, Richard Sullivan. Hey, guys, Gary madeiras Hey, and John. Hi, Gary. What are we doing today, dude?
2: We are continuing our DD campaign where we are finding out more about the Moshkarger and the society around us.
1: And I expect this to be the penultimate episode. I think this is going to be a three part series with the goal of hopefully having this wrapped up by Christmas. So who remembers what the hell happened, about uh, oh, two months ago now? Anybody? An investigator searching for his missing neighbors. folk emissary making first contact with a human hive. A dragon-born ranger searching for his place in society. Can these three strangers depend on each other in a world full of dangers? Can they discover the sinister truth behind the idyllic village overseen by the ancient sentient tree? And they survive long enough to make any of it matter time will tell but how much time do they have not as much as they'd like but maybe as much as they need uh, we questions? all leveled up we're now level two some of you officially level two some of you half ass level two
0: why but- am i half ass level two
1: because <laughs> if you didn't actually go through the leveling process for you we're gonna open this exactly the way we open everything it's good by right, rolling initiative. <laughs> Go ahead, guys. Okay. It
2: landed on an 18 on the floor.
1: Nice.
2: Going happy I got a homeless.
3: natural.
1: I got a nat 20.
0: I got a dirty oh. 20. We're ready at fuck.
1: Yeah, well, my monsters got a uh, five. So we got Jenna going first with so a nat 20.
2: I'm a 21 with the plus three initiative. So 21.
1: Nice. Right, so then we got Gary. which on Claude. Then we got Richard, or Merrick the Cleric. And last we have the other things. So you guys have been walking for a few days now. And the entire time you've been on this journey, you've been harried by these tree things. They're vaguely in the shape of men. They're about five or six feet tall. And they look like these twisted wood things. And at first it was like one or two would come every day. And then recently it's been almost a constant like swarm of these things and as we join you it's getting towards dusk and you are surrounded by about 10 of these stick things these look like like vine monsters so as the swarms of these things have been increasing you i assume think that either you're on the right path and something's trying to stop you or perhaps you figured out what happened to Kevin maybe these things just killed her american jean claude before you left you snuck into Kevin's quarters at night and you saw that it had been entirely cleaned out she clearly had no plans on returning to the Marshmongers' village. The only thing left was a leaf with a light footprint symbol overlaid with an arrow pointing towards the toes. Jean-Claude, you know this is a ranger thing. It's a symbol that means to follow. What else did you find in this room that made you think she knew more than she let on earlier?
2: I would say there was like extra like food store. Like it looked like there was like a little stockpile going on. This looks like someone's ready to like leave and make like a pretty big journey evidence of there being a stockpile. Like, it obviously wouldn't still be there because she, she took it with her.
1: Right. Like a bunch of crumbs.
0: Maybe like a secret compartment underneath the floorboards where she would hide the stuff so we know that she was hiding it.
1: And that's why everything else has been cleaned out except for that one thing that like, the symbol of the foot with the arrow.
0: Which was very you, obvious to find.
1: Right. For you guys, because you know where to look. And Jenna, or who's Billy. Was it difficult to sleep out away from the village past few nights. Yes, but I don't have the protection of a hive. You really had no reason to come along on this adventure. You could have just left and gone back to your hive and said, you know what, diplomatic mission failed. Oh, well, I tried. Why did you go on this hunt? Why did you follow? This is Jean-Claude's friend. I recognize in him a need
3: to find a missing member of his hive.
1: So you guys are exhausted, tired. They're beaten up. And now we are here in the middle of this fight. It was silly. You're surrounded by two of these things right now. They're kind of flanking you. And they don't have any weapons to speak of. And they're not trying to grab you so much as they are just trying to injure you as much as possible. You know these tactics so far. That's what they've been doing all along. Yeah. And it seems like whenever you try to rest or sleep, that's when they attack. So sleeping has been very difficult the past few nights. Getting anything more than a snatch of rest. It's your turn. What do you do?
3: I am going to use Entangle to entangle the things that look like
1: sticks. You can use the sticks to beat the sticks. Exactly. Now it just targets one of them, right? What does it target in an area?
3: It has a 90-foot range.
1: Yep, so you can get both of them easily. It was a strength save for them. So I don't think they're gonna do too good because these are your little crappy stick dudes. So let's see how they do. Let's see if they can save and escape your vines. And I'll do one roll for both of them. They got a 13.
3: So, eight plus proficiency plus ability modifier.
1: So here's a 13. So they just beat it. Ugh. They just beat it. So that was the first one. The second one will save two. I'm gonna see. That's a natural one. So one of them is fully entangled. So what, is it, what does it mean for these things to be entangled? They can't move or they take damage?
3: So the spell says, grasping weeds and vines sprout from the ground in a 20-foot square starting. It turns into difficult terrain. It is restrained by entangling plants until the spell ends. You know, while this one is restrained, someone else who has an action to take could take care of the one that can't
1: really hit you back at the moment. Yeah, so whoever attacks the restrained one will definitely get advantage on the attack. So up next, we have Jean-Claude. Yes. There are ten. Jenna's got one restrained, but the other nine are free and, and approaching. They seem like they should be unintelligent, but they're... They're they're operating very coordinatedly. Coordinatedly.
0: Coordinated.
1: I like coordinatedly. Like, there's a guy named Lee, really oh. good at stuff with his
2: body. What time of day is it? Like, would I have a torch or anything?
1: It's dusk. I would say you have a torch if you want, because you don't have night vision, so it would make sense for you to have a torch.
2: If there's like a cluster of them, I'm gonna just try and do like a like a sweeping like attack. I guess. I assume they're kind of like walled in together, like approaching us. So I'm gonna go for yeah. like the ensnared one and maybe like hit a couple on the side of them.
1: All right, so we'll roll for the ensnared one first, and if you hit that one, then you can make another attack against another one.
2: Okay, do you want to do um, advantage? Yeah. So I got an eighteen and a thirteen.
1: So that'll definitely hit. And if then... both would hit.
2: <laughs> uh, what do you want me to do for damage on this? Since would you want me to just use like my sword, like the one d six?
1: Yeah, do a d six, and then uh, because it's fire, they are vulnerable to fire. Just whatever Two. you roll will double it. Two. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Four damage. Let's go.
1: Amazingly, it dies.
2: <laughs> oh, yes! <laughs>
1: Victory! So it catches fire. The steam from the, the, the water and its wood hisses out of it and it sounds like a scream like you boil a lobster. And it collapses instantly into this pure white ash. The other ones see the fire and they hate it. They hate the fire. And it seems like some of them are trying to decide if they want to go away. Like That's a natural compulsion to run away, but something is driving them forward still. So go ahead, Corey. You can make another attack if you want
2: torch seems to be working, so I'm going to go ahead and try and uh, swing away again with it.
1: Mm -hmm. This one does not have advantage. (laughs)
2: It's a one.
1: (laughs) Well, hey, you don't have all (laughs) these so (laughs) I think you expect it. You've seen these things before, I imagine. But normally...
2: They're not this is aggressive.
1: Yeah, so oh, I have fire. They're going to run away. They look scared, but...
2: They keep moving towards the fire. It's just like, oh, this isn't good.
1: Maybe it's unnerving to you. But that brings us to our old friend, Merrick, who sees that they are injured by fire, but not afraid of fire like they ought to be.
0: So if fire's kind of doing it for these guys, my yep. sacred flame, which is one of my new cantrips uh, that I got from being a level two. humble sure. brag. <laughs> a flame-like radiance descends on a creature that I can see within range. I can see all of them, can't I? Yeah. And it's a radiant flame
1: it's radiant damage, not fire, but okay.
0: Oh, it's not like a radiant fire.
1: <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, that would be You're pretty confusing cool. with the wording. <laughs> no, it says 1d8 radiant damage in the spell description. So right. it does radiant damage. So take that. As a try to do cool things, you can't.
0: Okay, then you want to do cool? I'll do cool. <laughs> Can I go full Castlevania and light my whip on fire? That'd be dope. Would be dope. Rule of cool, Nate.
1: People who have listened to this just heard a little two guy be like, I got a new cantrip. They know we're not following the rules. It's fine. Just do it. Let your whip on fire.
0: Yeah. All he has to do is like, I just go up to him with my torch. Yeah. And I just kind of sit my tip in it and it's now hot and (laughs) just the tip. My tip's hot and horny for violence. And I just spin it around and say, okay, I'm just going to spin my whip. And if you happen to get near it, I'm going to light you on fire. It's on you. (laughs)
1: <laughs> so are you trying to injure one or are you just trying to scare them away?
0: We've shown that they're not really afraid of the fire.
1: But you can still do an intimidation check.
0: I'm going to have to. So 20 minus 1, so 19.
1: But you've got a natural 20 on it. Natural 20s are only supposed to work for attacks. They're not supposed to work for regular action. But that's the stupid rule, and I don't like it. So I think it's very successful. I think some of the ones that were questioning whether or not they could attack still and didn't quite... You know, have we're under the same sway as the others? They fuck off. They just disappear back into the darkness. There's still a few others that are around. That are I don't know. Maybe there's a stronger hold over them, compelling them to attack you. So I think uh, half the force. So say four of the remaining ones fuck off into the woods. So good job.
2: It's like Richard went to Overwatch. He's just like waiting. Like come close, (laughs) you're gonna get hit.
0: That's it. I have like a. It's like a lasso now. I'm doing like tricks with it. He's
1: doing Art. the move where he's, like,
2: stepping in and out of it. Yeah, yeah.
1: So the one that was really trying to untangle is going to try to attack her by shooting these... Basically, their fingers come off of their hands and they fire these long darts at you. So. Ooh, does a 19 hit. Yes. So I got
3: an AC 16.
1: you take three damage. And these darts, they're not huge. It's not like they're throwing full daggers at you, but they're, they're obviously trying to main you. They're trying to injure you to stop you. They're not trying to kill, it seems. And So they dig into your lowest legs. Are we
3: just near their five and they're trying to keep us away?
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, this seems, I know that.
3: Yeah. This seems like we're being harried more than than anything
1: else. So I'm gonna have two more come over to attack Richard's... I'm sorry, not Richard's back. That'd be ridiculous. Attack Merrick's back. As soon as they see the whip, like, go forward, they're gonna try to run in and stab you with their claws. The first one, it's a nat twenty. That's nice. I like this dice. I'm gonna keep this one. I have one rolls of ten. That's not gonna do anything. But you take four damage as one of them trips and falls, and the other one gets here right in the back of the knee with his claws, like to try to rake rake through your hamstring almost. Ew. And I have one more that's still around. It's gonna attack Jean Claude. This one's gonna stumble forward over the ashes of its fallen friend and try to lunge at you. And this one's going to try to like wrap itself around your legs to entangle you. And a seven probably doesn't do anything to you, does it? Negatory. <laughs> I just step right.
2: back as it falls at my feet.
1: Exactly, and now it's prone, so that's not great for my poor little guy. And now we're back at to the top of the initiative order, and we're back with Uzzili. So it's prone. The one next to Corey and kind of you as well.
3: Have they shown any ability to speak?
1: Nothing you've seen. And okay. all of your interactions with these things so far. I, like I imagine as a diplomat, you would have tried to talk to them.
3: Right. Well, because so. I was thinking, like, if this is a hive behavior, maybe I can communicate that I, I understand that this is a hive behavior and I don't want to hurt them. Assuming that they aren't intelligent. Mm-hmm. I'm going to use Acid Splash, which is made out of my bee's venom. And uh, I hurl a bubble of acid. Target must succeed out of dex saving throw or take 1d6 acid damage.
1: These things are reasonably dexterous, but he's prone, so I'm going to give him disadvantage. This one's, oh, that's an 18, so... The second one is also an 18. Weird. This thing, uh, I don't... Let's see, how does it dodge your acid it's prone? It I just think, rolls. I guess that makes sense. That seems kind of lame, but yeah, sure, it rolls. I mean, it's
3: like a gigantic stick.
1: You're a gigantic stick in Gross. the mud. All right, Merrick, it's your turn. Uh, no, it's not. No, it's John's turn. turn. Yeah. Fuck off, Merrick. Wait, you got a damn turn. Yes, wait, Merrick.
2: It's the Barry one trick time. pony. <laughs> Actually, he has many tricks with that. Yeah. So it's pretty intent- entertaining. Was, I'm just sitting. Was I was cool. just sitting there clapping as I'm he like, was just like showing off his tricks. Yeah, I'm like a part-time <laughs> rodeo clown. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna just. Take the torch and just stab it into the one that's at my feet, like prone on the ground.
1: The so one was rolling away from Jenna's acid because of it. she missed. Yeah, it. I'll, yeah,
2: I'll, yeah. All right, I'll, <laughs> swing at I'll just swing at it.
1: Go for it. You just stab it into it. That's fine. Okay. It's all people
2: Boom. Net twenty, baby.
1: Man, you are going like crazy today. Okay, this thing's dead. This is fucking dead. Like no matter what you right damage there. if you want to, but it's yeah. But I double like damage because the torch. Yeah. So the thing again shrieks and disappears into the. Joins his little buddy's pile of ashes, and now they're together forever.
3: Oh, all
1: right, nice job. Yeah, Merrick. Now, finally, all right. God, God.
0: Now, how many are left?
1: Three. And I've
0: still got my flaming whip. You do. It's incinerated by now. No, no, it, it's magic. <laughs> Could be. Why not?
1: Let me just check the rules. There's no rule saying it's not. I mean, magic. we
0: have a talking bee in our party, so yeah. Now, are they closely grouped together, or are they spread apart?
1: For the sake of moving this along, they're very closely grouped together, like bowling pins. Like three. Then
0: I will lasso the three of them together with flame and see if I can burn the last three up.
1: I love it. Go for it. All right.
0: So my whip is a plus
1: four. Yep, so d20 plus four.
0: 21.
1: <laughs> all right. You get them all, Richard. You do. You yeah. <laughs> nailed this one. Roll your whip damage, please. Three. But it's fire, so they all die. Yeah, Yay! You solved my wood guy's problem. So just then, a bunch more step out from the woods. And you're like, shit, I'm sure you guys are feeling exhausted. Your fire tricks are cool, but there's no way you can sustain this for this long. And the sky to the north lights up. Like a massive gout of iridescent fire shoots into the sky. And the twig things just stop what they're doing. And they look up at the direction of this light. And they walk towards it. They completely ignore you and they're just heading in that direction as a group. And you see there's hundreds of these sick things in the woods around you. And they're all just walking completely ignoring you in the direction of this light. What do you do?
3: I appreciate the hive mind behavior.
1: <laughs> Finally, it's a reasonable greedy. Yes.
3: Can we tell anything about the light? Or is this like, you know, any story that Gary might have heard
1: growing up? I don't think Gary knows this. You've ranged all over this, this area. The light came from this valley that you know is just like a, a kind of a dead zone. It's a big valley that's uh, surrounded by these fairly sheer cliffs. and In the middle, nothing grows. The light came from that area. But as far as you know, there's nothing in there. This place is just a valley of bones, essentially. Birds don't even fly over it. Nothing goes here and lives. And you know that the bone remains just kind of form a big circle in the middle of a valley. It's a cursed place.
2: Kind of like an elephant graveyard.
1: Yeah, but but it's an everything graveyard. (laughs) Everything here is dead in a big circle. In the middle of the circle it's just kind of like flat, even ground with no markings on it and no bones.
0: So nothing grows there? No vegetation? Correct. It would be very impossible for any vegetative person or persons to go there?
1: I mean, the, the sense of reason.
0: So I think that's where our friend is. If she was running mm-hmm. away from the Marshmonger, that would be where there's no life. Why would right. you go, go to the place
3: he couldn't follow?
0: Correct. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and his water nervous system can't reach that far. So if she wants to hide from him, she has to go to the deadlands.
1: So what do you guys do?
0: I vote we head in that direction. I see, yeah, I say we head yeah. that way.
1: Okay, so you guys are shoulder to shoulder with this throng of wood horrors, even though they were fighting you before tooth and nail and hounding you for days they don't give a solitary shit about you anymore you're just not even a consideration to them at this point and you walk away ways until you get to the edge of one of those cliffs I mentioned earlier and you look out into the valley and as described it's just this big dead valley full of bones in the moonlight you can see now that the ground is flecked with white and in the middle of this is a large circle the middle of the circle now is odd you know like yeah. that when you're driving on a highway in the summer and you see that weird heat haze That's what the circle is like here now. It's not just flat ground. It's like a really odd haze. And as you're sitting here watching the haze, you see these wood things. They're trying to scale down the cliff. Some of them are falling to the death. Some of them are making it to the bottom. And they're walking towards the circle. And as they get closer, they're just turning to ash. They're hitting this wall and turning to ash. But they're not stopping. They're circling around the sides, trying to find a point of weakness to get to this thing. And just ash, ash, ash. Non stop.
3: Okay, now this doesn't make sense because the hive perpetuates itself. This is
1: this is weird. And I hate it. The clouds above the place are glowing with the same iridescent light that you saw shoot up. It's not as bright as that light you saw, but they're just shining like as if they're reflecting something. But there's no source that's providing this light, as far as you can see.
2: Hey, maybe this is like uh, the other ranger is they were probably like what was it? Not quite a djinn, but A jinnasi. Yeah, Genasi. When they have magical abilities. Not necessarily Usually, to the strength, but...
1: Right. Usually pretty minor stuff. This would be extreme.
2: They evolved to a, a full gen.
1: Give me perception checks. <laughs> <laughs> I like that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they found an air stone and he evolved. Whoever would like to can make me a perception check. Uh, I'll do one. Oh, no. 21 for Zilly.
2: Oh, shit, that landed under my desk. <laughs> can't be contained. It's an 11 for me.
0: Well, because everyone so, else is doing one. Oh, right. okay. And my perception is 5 plus 17.
1: Oh, 22. So, Merrick, you have an inquisitive mind. You have a curious mind. You're a natural investigator. Naturally. And so you're trying to figure out the source of the reflection on the clouds. That's what you're focused on mostly. And the more you stare, you realize that the light is bending oddly around something, as if like there's something is cloaked. There's something there. And you see every now and then a black square or a triangle missing out of reality. Like there's just like a, a shape that is just not there. Like You should be able to see the other side of the valley. And instead, you're seeing this black spot. And as you're noticing more of these, this thing really starts to take shape in your mind. And it looks like there is some kind of edifice, like a building, in this circle of death, causing this light. But whatever it is, is mostly cloaked. But you you are able to see through it pretty well.
0: And how high up is this?
1: So there is a main building that's about thirty feet high, and then there is a tower that juts up from that another one hundred and twenty feet or so.
0: But how high from us? Like you it floating in the clouds, or is it on ground level to us?
1: So you are up on a cliff; it's down below in the valley. You're about eye level with the tower, but it's about half a mile
0: away. So we have to get down the cliff. Yeah.
1: So how are you scaling this cliff, my friends? Good, exactly.
0: Uzvili just kind of flies down. Yeah. One by one. I guess I could. Is, would wings be strong Great enough? <laughs> what are you trying to
1: say? <laughs> I don't think you can carry people. I have an explorer's pack,
3: means I have a rope. Right. The is a rope. And has got rope, and he always ends
2: up using I'm pretty proficient in acrobatics. I could just scale my way down.
1: Weirdly enough, it's athletics to climb.
2: Oh, Unless uh, you're doing cartwheels down the cliff. My athletics is, is decent. I mean, I could just do flips. Yeah, I mean, you could my way say,
1: down. You jump from rock to rock like a goat. That would be acrobatics. That's fine, too. However you want to do it. I mean, it was really fly down. I would would say, yeah, I was yeah. fly yeah. down. Like, see you later, nerds. <laughs> Bye. And Jean-Claude, you're going to try to hop down?
2: How can, well, I'm trying to figure out a way I can bring Merrick with me. <laughs> Merrick, just hold on to my back. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll scale down it together. Oh, I'm not too I'm, not too. I'm not too big you for you. <laughs> I'm a fucking a- dragon. Apparently, guy. I was too
0: heavy, you know, for for Jenna. But big, strong guy over here. No, oh, you know, you go down. I can do it myself. I don't trust you <laughs> okay. not to drop me. Yeah, I'm gonna just try try
2: and find footing. Like, is it like a sheer cliff face, or is it kind of like a rocky like slope? Yeah.
1: There's like enough animal paths down zigzagging. You could probably figure it. Yeah. Out. It's
2: not I'll meant just, to
1: be climbed, but.
2: Yeah, I'll just leap down there with my ranger abilities.
1: All right. Give me. Uh. I mean, I'm gonna give you acrobatics or athletics with advantage because you are a ranger. You're very sure. Uh, sure-footed. This is your domain right here. So.
2: Okay. So a. 14 plus five. For acrobatics, so 19.
1: Hell yeah! Hell yeah! No problem. That's not what it looks like
2: as you said it's kind of like a almost mountain goaty, you know just jumping from stone to stone but not quite as um scary if you ever watched the mountain goat you know scale cliff face it looks like they're about to die every jump uh, <laughs> yes. i have my footing every time so it's just like kind of when you see like the hulk doing in like a marvel movie you know how like he has these scaling jumps up but just going downwards instead
1: so like up but downwards i got you yeah yeah I think you I mean you do a better than I'm doing tonight, so <laughs> I'm <laughs> I'm a way with words on you. And lastly, Merrick, how the hell are you doing this, bud?
0: So I'm gonna take one of the animal paths. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: How what's the what's the angle?
1: Pretty steep. Sixty five <laughs> like degrees. Alright. Yeah.
0: So I'm gonna use one of my cantrips to create water.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: I'm gonna create up to ten gallons of clean water. The waterfalls is rained within a 30-foot cubed range. I'm going to have it all fall behind me, and is I'm going to gonna water slide, slide down the cliff.
2: <laughs> Where water was here.
1: Alright, so... Um, God, uh, would that give you advantage on this, or make it worse for you? <laughs> well, I, I figure the water's going to cushion... His
0: ass. Yeah, but the, I think the water's going to cushion some of that and, and cut down on the friction. Yeah. <laughs>
2: you know, you I think at least be, have a uh, broken tailbone. I would... It might be a wash. <laughs> uh, I'm leaving. <laughs> so,
1: you know, Corey left a chat. Oh, no. So what are you going to roll for us there? Are you going to roll athletics or acrobatics?
0: Well, athletics is zero, so it's going to have to be acrobatics, but could it also be... <laughs> no.
1: <laughs> no. It could be Our religion, because I'll
0: pray to God the whole way down. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so acrobatics it'll be. (laughs) It's works, man. Plus two, so 13.
1: That's not too bad. I think, amazingly, down below, they're looking up at you like, this ain't gonna fucking work. (laughs) I think you make it almost to the bottom before you completely eat shit. (laughs) So I'm gonna say you take like one damage, but you take a lot more damage to your pride. But I'm amazed that it worked as well as it did. So kudos to you. I'm going to go
2: offer Merrick a hand, to pull him back up, and be like, my friend, you impress me more and more every
1: day. So you're at the bottom of this thing. The Twig people are still like, they're, they're smartening up now. They're, they're kind of slowing their approach, trying to ferret out where they can approach this thing at all, if there's a way in. And from what you can see, every time they've gone forward, they've just died in droves. But there's more coming every single moment. So you see another one of those gigantic gouts of iridescent fire burst from the top of this tower, and suddenly you see the building. It's like this twisted wreck of glass and metal that looks like it maybe once was beautiful, but it's been hundreds of years in the weather. Most of the glass is broken and shattered. There's no real doors that you can see. Everything looks like it was once smooth metal that's been worn and rusted and pitted through centuries. And then you see something, Jean-Claude. Out of one of the holes of blackness that looks like it shouldn't be there, you see a light blue face pop up. And you recognize this as your friend, Kevin, the ranger. She looks different, though. She looks tired.
2: Does she look alive?
1: She looks alive. That's good. <laughs> uh, but she's, she always was very proud of her hair. She always had these long like box braids. And now she's completely bald. It looks like there's like markings on her head, like someone has written something, or marked diagrams on her skin. She yells down to you, I can let you in. I can lower the shield. But as soon as I lower the shield, it's going to get real shitty real fast. So you need to have a plan.
2: What kind of plan? What, what should we expect?
1: I mean, you need to get to, to me as fast as you can, but so will everything else that's trying to get to me as fast as they can. So how are you going to get to this building before everything else? Or are you going to fight your way through and try to get into one of the doors?
3: I can use Thunderwave to... Make everything explode
2: away from it. I don't know if it would be like a perception check to see if there's any kind of pattern in the, like the drone waves, or is it just kind of like a stream of these twig guys? Because I assume like, with some falling on the ground and breaking, some kind of lull of them coming towards the wall, we could time it.
1: Go ahead and roll perception for me. It's a good idea.
2: That is a
1: 23.
2: Jesus. Perceptiveness. Yeah. Fuck.
1: It seems like they're, like I said before, they're organized, they're coordinated, and you do notice there's a pattern. Like they keep testing it, almost like in a clockwise pattern, where some of them will push forward here, then retreat. Some of them will push forward here, then retreat. And you think if you wait long enough, you'll time exactly when they make a break on one of the edges, you can rush in while they're far away.
3: But can I just like fly to where near where the door is, moving them all over 15 feet forward, away from the door?
1: Then they can just like run in.
3: Certainly try. I mean, maybe combined with the waves. Yeah, like thing. if
2: we combine the two, like yeah. as like the next wave, like we, ha- we go in, as the next wave's coming in, you boom them out. Yeah.
1: Merrick, what are you going to do with this plan?
2: What kind of parlor trick can he do <laughs> while we wait?
1: I mean, we could always provide a distraction, Merrick, if you wanted to. Maybe draw him off and then let your friends get in while you take out, you know, you die on the outside.
0: I die on the outside, huh?
1: I'm just saying it's an option. I'm not saying you
2: have
0: to do it. He's already dead on the inside, so might yeah. as well equal <laughs> it out. I don't love anything. Nobody gets close to me. No, I just run really fast. I mean, <laughs> 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 you don't get fancy with it. <laughs> his, his plan
2: is like you look. Look at these legs, right? You see how nice and strong they are. Yeah. When he uses the whole ass in there, <laughs> I'm
3: gonna explode them, and Merrick's just gonna book it.
1: Fast as fuck, boy. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> what's phase one of this plan? Phase one is Jenna flies over, or Zilly flies over, or phase one is like, Cory get a signal now, and you fly over. What's what's happening? Well, thinking like I'll fly over, and I'm gonna wait for the wait for, for the, the signal, signal that
3: it's a wave, like the the wave is changing or whatever.
1: Okay, you fly over.
3: Yeah, so I'm like hovering over where i'm
2: gonna where we're gonna run in so the yeah. shield comes
1: down you see that the, you didn't really notice the door before there is a recessed area yeah and it shows up now you can see it very clearly it's sliding open with a horrible grinding noise the twig things are aware okay you land
3: so i'm gonna land and do my thunder wave go for it so thunder wave a wave of thunderous force sweeps out from you. Each creature in a 15-foot cube originating from you must make a constitution saving throw. Okay. On a failed save, a creature takes 2d8 thunder damage and is pushed 10 feet away from you.
1: Okay, so there's six save lights and your two frames, and all of you should make constitution saving throws now.
3: Well, I was assuming that the friends <laughs> would be, like, back the, out of the range of the thing, because we talked about it. This is a plan. Right,
1: That's what you get see. for assuming. <laughs> I'm gonna give these two advantage on it. That seems fair to me.
2: We have to jump on it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think Merrick and uh, and Jean Claude have advantage on this, but I think it's gonna be tough because of the timing it.
2: Okay. Would you say this is constitution? Yep. So one
1: <laughs> eleven. <laughs> Alright. So eleven plus your uh, constitution modifier. So you have a thirteen, which beat which beats Jenna's thing, so you're fine. How about you, Jean Claude?
2: 19.
1: Oh, you're fine, too. My dude, this green monsters,
2: dice, dude, is magic right now.
1: My twig S- monsters didn't fare so hot. <laughs> <laughs> so your plan w- works flawlessly. The door opens, you're able to pile inside, Gemini goes Krakatoa on the thing, and mm. knocks all the shit over. And the door slides shut, and outside you hear six, 700 of these twig things try to stream against the building, and then you hear the of the shield coming back online. And poof! Good job. After these
0: messages, we'll be right back. Coming to the World Wide Web, it's the Internet's premier podcast that gives you the 411 on the 1990s favorite television teams with Tood. The Ninja Turtles? As if... The Power Rangers? Talk to the hand! My bad. You
1: must mean the... No duh, they're all that and a bag of chips. That's P-H-A-T fat. How do I scope that?
0: Just head on over to our Patreon, and starting at a dollar, you'll get two gnarly episodes of Jumping
1: the Street Sharks a month, plus a bunch of other tubular shiznit. Actually, that sounds lame. I think I'll keep my cheddar to myself. Not! So if you want to support
0: us, head to the Patreon link in the show notes. We appreciate you, and can't wait to share more jawsome content with you soon.
1: So, you're inside the building now. Everything seems like it's made of one solid piece of metal. So, the floors of this weird long hallway you're in, which is very circular. And the only really distinguishing mark here, or the, the thing of note, are these pipes on the ceiling. They're clear, and they're carrying this strange blue liquid that glows with its own internal light. It's like a milky blue, and it seems to be flowing down the hall.
2: Are there any other like ways to go? Or is it just to follow that?
1: To- you can go forward, you can go backwards, or you can go back out the door.
2: Let's go back outside.
1: It's wall.
3: Shield's not down. Oh no, Ash.
1: All right, we're going back inside.
3: <laughs> They're straight ahead of us or off to the one side. Is it flowing like from in front of us off to the side?
1: Picture a circle, right? Uh huh. And it's a Liquid is going in front of you forward towards like in the circle. It's flowing in that direction. This is going like it's just going around a circle. Oh, ah, it came from somewhere, probably. And it's going somewhere, probably. But where you are, you're in one of the bends of the circle. You have no idea. Like, I want to go the direction it's flowing. Okay. Does everybody else want to do that?
0: It's the only way we can go.
1: Go back. <laughs> I mean, when you say circle, go back, like,
2: do you mean like we can go the way it's flowing from or where it's flowing yeah. to?
1: Yeah, you can go from or to. It really is your choice right now.
2: I think we want to go to where it's going to. What well, if we sense. split the party and I'll go to where it's from? <laughs> I'm just, I'm just...
1: <laughs> <laughs> one of you will go forward, one backwards, one go outside.
2: Yeah, it's probably... It's flowing into something important, I would think.
1: Can we percept things to
3: see if there's, like... Traps? A per- well, and a particular reason to go one way or another? You can try to percept, sure. I'm, I'm not some
1: stuff.
0: Perceiving?
3: No perception. Perception
1: was fine. Twenty-two percent, nice. I percepted so much. You percept everything. As you're noticing these pipes, it looks like they're a bunch of small pipes that are leading into one big pipe eventually. Like they're like being pared down into one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. One so pipe. it's
0: like the internet.
1: Exactly, a series of tubes into one big tube. Sometimes the tube gets clogged. It's not a truck; you just put things on. All right. You also hear footsteps coming towards you pretty quickly down the hall.
2: I draw my bow, point that direction.
1: Yes. I, I am also prepared with my spigotar. And out of the darkness into the milky light surrounding you comes Captain.
3: Yay, Captain!
2: I fire my arrow.
1: <laughs> 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 Alright, roll.
2: No, no, I don't. <laughs>
1: you, said you said it. It's real now. You killed Captain. So she's not wearing her normal ranger gear at all. She's wearing this, like, for lack of a better word, it's a hospital gown made of kind of crude linen. Now that you see her, it looks like the marks on her head look like measurements, like she's being fitted for something.
2: Kevin, <laughs> where have you been? What What are you doing here? Are you okay?
1: She's like, uh-huh. we don't have a lot of time. I can't keep the shields up forever. But I'm fine. This is I. This is good. This is, I'm, I'm so glad you were able to find the markings and you found this place and you found me. You, you have to come with me. For
2: why
3: wanted, <laughs> um um
1: insight.
3: Yeah, that's the one. Couldn't the word.
2: See if we can trust her.
3: Yeah, is like, it is this actually should we actually follow her if she like corrupted in some way?
2: I'll when give you see a hit, runes oh no. in- <laughs> yeah, when you see runes inscribed <laughs> on someone, that's never good.
3: It's not runes,
1: it's just like oh. you measure it or something.
3: Seventeen plus five again. I really like seventeen plus five.
1: Yeah. She seems afraid. She seems terrified, but she seems like she's telling you the truth. Like, you need to hurry. And there is something that can explain. All right, we gotta go. Hold on. Is there oh, anyone God. else?
0: <laughs> I just want to know, is there anybody else here? Particularly people from my village.
1: She's like, uh, there's a lot of people here, but I don't know if anyone's from your village. But the one person that you, I want you to speak to is down the hall. The other one's really, they can't talk right now. I'll, I'll show you what I mean.
2: Do you still have the arm with the tattoo? And just be like, this tattoo, have you seen it?
0: <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, because it's still in I my satchel. He's... Yeah, <laughs> I'm not going to get rid of a, a choice tattoo like that. <laughs> Shit, so I, show her the, I show her the arm. I says, Does anybody have a tattoo that matches this?
1: I, I haven't checked them all. I, there's a chance, I guess. I'll, I'll show you what I mean. I'm not explaining this well. I'm sorry. We have to go.
0: Useless. <laughs> Merrick we
2: should just go there is
1: no time got, I'll bring her to the other so you can see what I mean and so she turns on her heels and she walks down the hall into the darkness
3: um, I'm going to follow her you can check all her arms when we get there
0: Nate you're going to hate me
3: no oh god he's going to the party <laughs> probably
0: I got to go the other direction
1: <laughs> I don't trust
0: her I got to investigate I'm sorry okay. I am sorry. I know you said the first game that you wanted just everybody to stick together you didn't say shit about this anymore the first night. But this is the second night, and you didn't say that. Yes, so I'm going the other direction.
1: That's okay. I, I have contingencies for this sort of
3: thing. I still think he's a fool and I'm following the other
1: person just like last time. What what's Jean Claude
2: doing? I I'm gonna go with my girl. I know <laughs> I know her, so if, idiot. <laughs> if she seems trustworthy from that insight check, then yeah, let's do it.
1: So she leads you down this long but She's not really talking. She's just kind of breathing heavy. And the light is getting brighter. She leads him into this large room. There's a big pool of this blue stuff in the middle. In the middle of that is the base of the tower that you saw from outside. And this tower is going up 100 feet into the air easily. And the blue, everything that's this blue stuff that's pooling on the base of it is being siphoned up into the tower. It's going to the very top of the tower. And all around, you can see these the two that have come from all these different rooms off this main area are gathering, dumping this blue stuff here. Mm -hmm. And we're going to pause there. And I'm going to go with my good friend Merrick for a bit. So Merrick, in in the excitement of everyone following this woman, you kind of slink off by yourself. It's dim light here. You can't really see a whole lot. But you head back down this long hallway. And you come to a door with a big glass panel in it you look in and you see what looks like a dozen beds with people lying on it.
0: Are they asleep?
1: No, you're outside. You can go into the room if you like.
0: Well, can I do a uh, perception to see if they're sleeping?
1: Sure. Or you can do a medicine check Do you want to see if they're sick or whatever you want to do. Well,
0: because if they're sleeping, I would go in. There's a seven.
1: You can tell they're breathing. Otherwise, they're very still. And you can see that there's these tubes coming from the beds, therefore this blue liquid.
0: So they're being siphoned.
1: Yeah.
0: Great. So I'm going to go into the room, and because they're all laying very still, I'm going to lift up the sheets on each of them to see if I can find a matching tattoo.
1: So as you go through, you see all these faces that you don't recognize. Uh, You see...
0: Oh yeah, I could just look at their faces too.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that'd be helpful. You figure that out after the third dick you see. (laughs) But they're these people you've never seen before. They're these things you've never seen before. These species of God knows what. And they're all wearing these blue linen uniforms on these beds. They seem like they're all taken care of. Some of them are young. Some of them are old. They're just all lying here peacefully providing this blue stuff. I'm
0: -hmm. going to save them. I'm cutting all the lines.
1: All right. You don't have to roll anything for it.
0: Okay, so I use my tiny knife to... To sever the lines. Yeah.
1: They're they're like glass tubes, so like you 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 figure that out pretty quickly, you just shatter them. And the blue goop leaks all over the floor, and the blue light that's ambient in here slowly fades out and it's dark, pitch black. And then you hear shuffling, you hear like some groaning and confused voices. You hear someone say, No, no, oh, what, 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 no, put me back, put me back. Now people are crying. It's like five or six people in their room and everyone's confused, crying or angry, and trying to figure out what the hell happened. And is pitch black in there? Yeah, because all the blue stuff leaked out.
0: You just broke all of them out of the matrix. Way to go. I think they'll thank me for it later. They just don't know (laughs) it yet. But I assume if all the stuff is leaked onto the floor, then the floor should be lit up. You think that,
1: but it faded out.
0: So, I gotta find my way to the door and get the fuck out of there.
1: <laughs> and that's where we're gonna pause for now.
3: <laughs> so, you <laughs> save them and then are like.
0: Bye. Then he bails. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because there could be other rooms of people that
2: need saving. I just imagine him slowly like, backing out, like tiptoeing out, and
0: then just like like a sliding door, just sh- sh- slide in front of it <laughs> and just keep going. Yeah, but the problem is I can't get out of the room now because I can't see anything.
1: <laughs> Meanwhile back with our friends who follow the path, kept saying, this is where we gather all this stuff. This is where... I'm sorry. You need to talk to her, I think. I think think she'll be able to explain it better than I can. She's right this way. You're still going to come?
2: Yeah. 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 I'll follow her.
1: Okay. You have a chance to be a part of something big here, but we need to hurry. So she takes off, and she leads you down this hall and up a set of stairs through the set of doors, at least to like a, a library, essentially. This is like the nicest room we have seen so far. It's actually, there's nice lighting here, uh, there's candles, and so many books. Jean-Claude, does your village have books, really? Does Marshmonger deal with books mostly, or no?
2: Not really. It's mostly just like stories told people to people. And he I doesn't know, trust books.
1: Mm, that's interesting.
0: Because they're made of wood.
2: <laughs> uh, i think it's more of those like we as characters don't know but like it's like a marshmonger. like the more knowledgeable people are of the past uh the more dangerous it is for him
1: Well, it's really you've traveled around but your people don't deal with books at all you have like memory honey that you pass out complete knowledge to each other with so you see this now this repository of do you know what books are though like have you seen them in your travels
3: I just, like, what the hell is this i've seen humans mm. So are, they're probably rare, but I imagine they're not totally unfamiliar.
1: There are thousands of books here. Thousands.
3: There's a lot of memory honey here. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Wait, I just assumed these are just a bunch of journals. Cause like we have people yeah. writing stuff down, but never like books written by people outside.
1: In the middle of the room was a large desk. It's like one of those boozy standing desks. <laughs> and with her back turned to you this tall thin figure about seven feet tall and she's wearing these white robes like pure white robes and green like a green stole like a religious stole
2: I don't like the looks of this
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, it's almost like you should have come with me
2: (laughs) I mean we could still kill this woman
1: I'll be back (laughs) she stopped what she's doing she turns to you she's an elf woman and she's wearing this white mask with a blue circle on the forehead. And you notice like her vestments, her stole, her green stole has all these odd symbols on it. There's a winged eye, there's a red hand clutching a sword, there's uh, three arrows of blue, green, and yellow. Another thing is a sheaf of wheat with a sickle in front of it. Uh, give me a religion test, whoever wants to do that. It'd be awesome if you had a cleric here with you. I guess that's that was too much to ask for. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that would have been helpful. Let's see, religion. Oh, I have nothing on that.
3: I am a plus one.
2: I mean,
1: that not hurt.
3: 17! No, plus
1: one. So, Corey, you all the natural one. So, yep. you have no idea what these symbols are. They just look like, maybe, I don't know, symbols. They're like, I was they're like, alright, like, that's wheat are. with a sickle. Yeah, why is she wearing a kuno? I think, in your travels, Uxiva, you've you've seen these things in, like, ruins that have been occupied by, like, newly formed villages. Okay. Seems like In all the ruins, the biggest buildings have these symbols in them sometimes.
3: So this is like a a temple. Yeah,
1: yeah. you could assume that there's some kind of religious thing here. So she turns to you, and her eyes are glowing blue, the same color as the pipes. And the same color as the blue circle on on her masked forehead. Although she's in the same room as you, her voice sounds very far away. Like it's speaking through her and she says, don't be afraid.
3: Now I'm afraid.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, I'm afraid too. Like She clearly told you not to, so I don't understand. Can I
3: can I insight at her?
1: No, nope, because Merrick hasn't talked in a minute in time. OK. So we're going to go to Merrick now. So Merrick, you're in a room full of confused coma patients. <laughs> you were just freed from whatever they were doing.
3: Oh, no, it was life-saving treatment.
1: Ah. <laughs> it was chemo. What have you done? <laughs> How easy is
0: it for me to get out of this room?
1: I mean, I feel like you're pretty far into it, but I think you have a good sense of direction. I think if you just tried to walk that way, you could. I think you know roundabout where the door is. The danger is now, like, there are people wandering around, milling about. So if you're trying to go undetected, that's a different matter.
0: I assume they can't see in the dark either.
1: Hmm. That's something. (laughs) As far as you can assume, none of them can see in the dark
2: as he
0: smiles (laughs) alright fuck it (laughs) that's what we like to hear (laughs) that's like my character's uh, mantra Mm, fuck it so I'm going to use guiding bolt okay a flash of light streaks toward a creature of my choice within range so really any of them Make a ranged spell attack against the target. On a hit, the target takes forty-six radiant damage, and the next attack will make bah, 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 bah. the big thing I want out of this is thanks to the mystical dim light glittering on the target, I'll be able to see my way out. <laughs> now, I might kill this man. <laughs> the sacrificial light. Insane. But that's don't, one toward the hundreds of people I might be able to save in this building. Don't you have
1: torches in your backpack? No. Okay, so uh, you're making a spell attack against something you can't see, so it's at a disadvantage. Fair. So go ahead and roll 2d20, taking the worst result. All right. Either way, you're going to light up the room.
0: Yeah, so even if it hits a. Yeah. Which honestly, that's what. I would rather do that because I really don't want to kill anybody, but. You know, making an omelet, right?
1: You're going to just blast it at the ceiling then, or are you going to blast it somewhere? See what happens. Okay, roll forward. We'll see what, what right, happens. 12? Uh huh. That's not so bad. And a two. A two pretty bad. Two is not great. So I think you know roundabouts where the door is, right? And so you're like, I'm going to just blast it that way. One of the things in here, one of the people in here did have dark vision and saw the door and was heading towards it. And it was a police officer. It was last day in the force. It's <laughs>
0: <laughs> too old for this shit.
1: So all your damage. Okay.
0: Uh, my damage is... 46?
1: Jesus Christ. Why didn't you use Sacred Flame? <laughs> this is a cantrip. Yeah, but you told me Secret Flame doesn't emit light. No, I did I said it did
0: radiant damage. I don't want radiant. I don't want to damage anything. I want light.
1: It lights yeah, lights up. It's just not fire.
0: Too late it's now. It's <laughs> done. So a two.
1: All right, that's not bad. One, so three. All right, so far so good. Six. Nope, oh, okay.
0: So nine altogether.
1: a bolt comes down from the sky, the ceiling pretty much, and just lances right through this dude. <laughs> In the blink of an eye, with all the light is there. You see a bunch of horrified faces turn to you and just scream. They drop to the floor. This guy that you blasted is fucking very dead, But you know what
0: the door is now. I walk to the door while saying, now none of you better follow me.
3: (laughs) I've saved you, damn it. You're welcome.
0: I've saved your lives, and if you're ungrateful toward that, I will rain down more lightning on you. But not really, because I only get one spell.
1: (laughs) I think that was your your big spell, wasn't it? You used it
0: for blowing (laughs) up this
1: poor dude.
0: I needed to get out of the room, otherwise they were going to jump me. (laughs) they were clearly angry
1: I was in danger so as you go out into the the halls uh, the blue light's back at least you can see that and there's this odd mechanical shuffling sound like uh, a bunch of wires or or pieces of metal rubbing on themselves and out of the darkness comes this uh, you'd call it a corpse if there weren't so much metal in it you're going to want to rule initiative or you can just try to run away from it Nah, yeah, but running didn't away didn't.
0: would mean going back from where the other guys are, so no way. So two <laughs> plus eight
1: to ten. All right, so I got a 12, and we're going to pause there. So meanwhile, back in the library, this robed, glowing elf lady says, I am sure you have many questions, and I'll answer all of them as best as I can. My name is Elander, and I am the priestess of the Unbroken Circle. Nice to meet you. I think you as well. I'm sure you have questions.
3: What is the blue stuff?
1: The blue stuff is lucidity. She's like, I don't know where to begin on this. So I can do it from the beginning if you'd like.
2: Yes. What the fuck is happening here?
1: (laughs) The world ended 300 years ago, more or less. The exact dates aren't important. Since then, um, I've been trying to get the gods to come back to our world.
2: Why do you want them back if they left us?
1: They didn't leave us, dear child. They never left us. Well, they never wanted to leave us. There was once a great empire that ruled over this entire continent, which I'm sure that word doesn't even mean to you, but there you have it. And they ruled because of a substance called mage stone, a fuel for magic. They could build these great machines with it. The mage stone started to run out. Parts of their empire started to fracture off. And of course, when people are desperate, they do stupid things. And there was a man the gnome, who thought he could tap into the raw stuff between the realms, into the raw pieces of the multiverse, and harness that energy and bring it into our world. This did not work. Do you know of the fall of civilization? Do you know what happened? The hungry things that came from between the stars?
2: Just stories of monsters coming out and wiping out all life.
1: Then you got the most of it. This gnome had great... I mean, it was a good idea in theory to try to get this energy source but it didn't work and instead we were flooded by these horrors and in the last semi-heroic act he thought maybe he would be able to steal the horrors in this world and save the other realms that's what people believe they believe that he sacrificed himself and Took all the energy he gathered and used it to sever the connection between us and the celestial heavens and the underworld and the infernal places and the Feywild, everything cut off entirely. And that's what we were taught back when I was a child. But I don't believe that. I believe the gods punished us for our hubris, for trying to harness this energy, for trying to grasp things that we were never meant to grasp. And I think they left us here to suffer with our consequences but now i finally perfected the technology i can't gather the energy i don't want to gather the energy but what i can do is use what i've gathered here to send a signal up telling the gods that we are still here that we've survived and we're ready for them to return see the problem was that Noam didn't think things entirely through he was in a rush he was in a hurry he was pressured i've had 300 years now think and perfect this hence the lucidity. And she walks over to Kepin, and she puts her hand on her shoulder, and she says, people like Kepin have felt a call to come here, to volunteer, to enter a dreaming, to provide their mental energy. And this, I know, I can use to keep the horrors at bay. When I send up another signal, when I open the portal between our world and the world of the gods again, the horrors can't come back through, because... This raw stuff of thought will keep them away. It's too pure and they hate it. I know I can do this. And the time is near at hand. She's looking very pleased with herself when she says this. I, don't, I, don't, I don't
0: trust this. But reviving this... ancient gods is
2: never a good thing. This woman sounds insane to me. Yeah.
1: Right. Are they willing donators? And then Kevin steps forward and you see the marks on her head are marks where tubes would go. And she says, yes. This world is horrible. It's nothing but suffering. Nothing but someone controlling you and telling you what to do. In the dreams, at least, you can have what you want. You can be at peace. You don't have to worry about eating or being eaten by something or or someone just coming and killing you just because. You're free in the dreams. And more than that, you're helping. You're going to set things right finally. After 300 years, this is our chance. This
2: sounds no different than the outside.
1: That's what the marshmonger wants. He wants you to not have this. He wants us to not achieve this goal. Lander and the marshmonger have history. And that's why he keeps forming new villages every so often. What happens is he hunts her down to stop this from happening. He doesn't want the gods to return. He doesn't want things set to right because then he'll lose his power. So he raises people who are completely loyal to him. And when he finds her, he picks up roots and crushes whatever he can find, destroys the machinery, tries to kill her, but he hasn't been successful on that yet. But this isn't the first village he's had. This is like the fourth or fifth village he's had. Each one, he follows her path, finds out where she is, raises an army to destroy her. And then, if she's not dead, he sets off again trying to find her to create another loyal force over and over and over again.
3: Can
1: I insight that this lady now? Oh, yeah. 16 plus 5. So 21 for you? Yes. So she's fully convinced that she is correct. But she's also very crazy from isolation. And from being so driven after this one thing. She believes that this is the case.
2: If only I had a cleric on the side of me who could also decide this lady's crazy.
0: You don't need me to know she's crazy.
3: Have we noticed yet that Chuckles is in here?
1: Yeah, probably at this point.
3: Where the hell is Merrick?
1: Wait, you should just say Chuckles. Yes. So, you say this out loud? Like, where the hell is Merrick? Yeah. So, the woman pauses. Her eyes uh, fade out for a second. They fade back in. And she goes, he's in room 112. Or he was, he just left. And the drone is on its way to stop him from whatever he's doing. What's the drone? It's a security measure in case someone gets in here with bad intentions.
3: Okay, well, I mean, I don't necessarily know that he has bad intentions so much as potentially dumb intentions.
1: And her eyes fade out and fade back in and she said, He's awoken about a dozen dreamers and killed one of them. And you're saying you're a party to this man?
2: The death is completely
1: incidental, I swear. <laughs>
2: Not, not I, didn't, I, I didn't say he was smart, man. I said he was good, man.
1: Those tree things that came here that are around gathering, you know what those are, correct?
2: They must be from the Marshmonger, trying to yes. stop us.
1: And they know I'm here now because the shields came down for that stuff. And because of our test flare that went up, we don't have a lot of time because he's on his way right now. The village stirs and it's walking towards us. And so very soon you're going to have a very real an immediate choice to make. You can either help me reestablish our connection with the gods and set things to right and restore order to this place or go with him and return to status quo and and suffering endlessly, needlessly and doom this world to stay on this path of of nothingness. And with that, we're going to go back to Merrick. Merrick, this big scary robot thing is coming at you and you have better initiative. What do you do?
0: Hmm. Well, robots are made of metal.
1: Hold on, let me check my notes. Yep, yeah. Mm-hmm. Shit, I was gonna rust him with water. Uh, well, isn't, no, create water is, a, is an actual spell, yeah, it's not a, Yeah, I it thought should, it was it should be. It a should, a be <laughs>
0: should be a cantrip, because it's so fucking stupid. <laughs> Can I use my perception to see if I can find any weaknesses on the robot? Sure,
1: yeah. Go for it. So, 11 plus 5.
0: So, 16.
1: Once you get him down half hit points, a big thing will open up in his chest and it will blink red. You're going to throw your boomerang at that. Now, this thing, it's not well built. It's, it's been around for a long time not in use because nothing has ever gotten past your defenses so it's just kind of a garbage robot so it'll probably be fairly easy to dispatch
0: uh, but no no weak points I mean it's a, well you said it, it was um, like yeah. a corpse like with cybernetic enhancements it's a corpse that's
1: like held together with wires and shit and some of this blue stuff
0: alright then I will from a distance use my crossbow and aim it yeah, that makes sense. This is a zombie.
1: Go for it. So roll yeah. your attack dice. D20 e plus whatever.
0: Plus four. Huh. So seven altogether.
1: Cool. It has an arm test of eight. <laughs> <And> you missed. <laughs> Unfortunately, you missed. It lumbers towards you, it extends a hand, and a you know like a mega red, like one of those long wire things it has. That's got mm-hmm. one of those. It shoots out at you and tries to grab you around the leg. Does a 15 hit your AC.
0: No, my AC is a seventeen.
1: So it's very uncoordinated. Like it's, it seems like it barely extends like past its arm. It's just not doing too well. It's flailing. It's, it's not sure what to do. It's trying to do what it's programmed to do, but it's just not quick to do it. Now we're back to your turn.
0: Oh, I got one. So I'm looking through my inventory. Does this thing have like eyes that it sees through? Oh yeah. So in my inventory, I have a bottle of blue ink. Why can't you just shoot?
1: I don't want. To. <laughs> okay. You have a bottle of blue ink in your inventory. All those parlor uh, tricks.
0: Yeah, I want to throw it in his eyes to blind him.
1: Okay, make an attack bow with dexterity. It's a two plus... I don't think you're proficient six. in blue ink, so... So 15 all <laughs> Well, you do it. You throw your ink, it hits it in it's, its optical areas, and it's, it's blinded now. Just then, the doors opened, and the people stumble into the hallway. It hears the noise, turn towards it, and starts attacking. It's a bloodbath.
0: Wait, it attacks all the people? Yeah. Oh my god.
3: Great job saving there.
0: I didn't do it, the robot did. You can't trust robots. Well while he's distracted killing them, I'll go further down the hall and see if I can find more people to save.
1: Yeah, I mean it's just it's room after room after room of, of these. There's hundreds of people here.
2: People to save for the robot to kill.
0: Well, I'll tell him this time, stay in the room so the robot doesn't get you.
1: That's nice of you. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so he just
1: keeps <laughs> keep smashing all these tubes. Mm-hmm. All these rooms. Okay. You see the light fade out of this woman's eyes. We're back with and Yeah. Danny. And she says, he's, he's waking everybody up. Come with me. And she heads down the hall. What do you guys do?
3: Well, I feel vaguely responsible for him, so I guess I'm going. <laughs>
2: I, I want to go with the intention to help Merrick because <laughs> yes. I know he's in trouble.
1: <laughs> right.
2: So Especially you, ones with her ominous words of the drone.
1: So you flee down this long hallway and you see finally now room upon room of basically like medical bays with all these sleeping people being not drained of the lucidity, but providing lucidity through, via the pipes.
3: Yeah. And
1: you're heading towards the sound of screaming. You look into the one of the viewing windows. Mm-hmm. and you see Merrick standing over these sleeping people with, what do you have like a weapon, like an axe or something, and you're smashing into these or hammer. What do you have for a weapon?
0: Uh, I just have my tiny little uh, knife.
1: You must have a melee weapon of some kind, don't I you? have
0: a, well, my crossbow, but...
1: I uh, Let's well, say you're kicking it or something, because these are glass tubes. So, and you see him just like, full Luddite smashing these these tubes, and the lights are going out in the rooms, and people are waking up screaming. And now he's out in the hallway looking to go to the next room. So, Merrick, you burst out into the hallway, and you see this glowing-eyed, blue-eyed woman, seven-foot-tall elf thing, in these religious vestments, with your friends and the bald lady you saw from the parapet earlier. So, talks amongst yourselves.
0: Merrick, what the hell is happening? I'm rescuing these people. These sick bastards are harvesting some blue liquid from them. They're in great danger.
1: So at this point, Kevin steps forward and explains to you, basically, like, that, no, they volunteered for this. This is a refuge for them to escape the horrors of the world. And now you've done the cruelest thing possible by waking them up into essentially what's going to become a war zone in a second. And, and the lady steps forward and says, you might have done damage that will never be repaired. We might not be able to open the gateway to the gods now.
0: Then Maybe you're this.
1: welcome. The gods were benevolent. They were good. They were the ones that provided for us and protected us. We had a chance to bring them back to the world.
3: How do we know that they're going to respond that way when we bring them
1: back? It's been hundreds of years. To the god (laughs) does a blink of an eye. They're eternal.
2: How do we know they were good in the first place? If they are this strong, how are they gone?
1: The realms were severed. All the energy that was captured from the realms was used to sever the bonds. They're not all-powerful. Gods are extremely powerful. They're not all-powerful.
2: You seem to be moving the goalposts quite a lot.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I I don't know what the goalpost is, but... (laughs) But you're moving. That's the important part. Gods aren't all-powerful, but they are powerful enough to make a difference in this world and to help us and to restore things to right. Put order back into the world. You are honestly telling me that you prefer to live in this world under the sway of the marshmonger, and you don't want to try to set things to right, and you're going to stand in my way.
0: Your gods are just another marshmonger.
1: You don't know that. You weren't alive. I've been here on this planet for eight hundred years. I knew life then. You are a puppy. You are nothing. You're a flea, and you. Dare to tell me what is right from wrong? Yep. I'm going to crush you.
3: How is you absorbing these people's lucidity different than the marshmonger
1: absorbing them into his tree? Because they have a choice to do this, and there's no false pretenses here. I've been completely honest with them. The monger is lying. You think they're just absorbed into what? In some heaven state?
2: The marshmallow says the same thing to us, that he is they, all truthful.
1: She said then get out and go and talk to him. You've chosen your side. Judging by the time he should be here shortly. Shane you won't be alive to see it. I, I you? haven't
3: chosen a side, I just this part is very new. And I'm trying to understand the contours of a situation that I just learned like
0: Ten minutes ago. Sounds like you're being a big wimp to me, Jenna.
1: (laughs) Yeah, a big wimp.
0: She's being. Be- Uh. Uh. Uh,
1: She kind of rises up to her full height, and her feet are no longer touching the ground. And the blue in the tubes glows painfully bright. She says, it appears to me you've made your choice. And just then, you feel the ground beneath your feet start to shake. This huge rhythmic boom. Boom, like a far-off drum. She said, well, unfortunately, you don't have the luxury of time. Because he's here. Choose with whom you stand. And that's where we'll end it for tonight. And so it begins. The end. Outside, the Marshmonger marches forward. His loyal citizens and throng of tree people swarm around him, preparing to give their lives, assaulting a strange building and whatever lies inside. Why? For no other reason than the Marshmonger commanded it. And his leadership has brought them this far, hasn't it? Inside, the cleric Elandril, on the cusp of realizing her life's work, begs three skeptics to give her a chance, to hold out hope, to help her fight not just for her, but for the world, for the multiverse. Dozens upon dozens of former dreamers mill about the facility, suddenly awake for the first time in years as a world crashes around them. Was it worth it? Will it be worth it? And in the middle, three strangers stand divided together. A choice must be made, even if there are no good options. So, what'll it be? If you want to support the Pot of Blunders, please consider heading to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash Blunders. all one word. We've got membership levels ranging from $1 to $10 a month, which will get you access to things like our Discord, exclusive episodes of Jumping the Street Sharks, as well as a variety of other perks. You can also support the show and help us bring more attention to amazing indie authors by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. We really appreciate any help you can give. We love hearing from you. You can always find us on Twitter at Pot of Blunders, And you can also reach us via email at potofblunders at gmail.com. Want more reviews, interviews, actual plays? Head to potofblunders.com and learn about even more amazing indie games. Thanks for listening. For the Pot of Blunders, I'm Nate Magnuski, and as always, may all your D's be 12s.